the bells already been rung, and they've heard it. about finally having everything you always wanted. Welcome to DC Film Squadcast. This is the DC Universe podcast where we discuss the DC Extended Universe movies and TV shows. Yeah, we're all big fans of what DC Comics are doing on the big and small screen, so we want to make sure we talk all about it. So thanks for joining us tonight. Let's get started. My name is Tim. And I'm Scott, and we are the Squadcast. Happy anniversary, honey. <laughs> well, that's uncomfortable. Um, no, happy anniversary. <laughs> oh, please, is... come on. We're, we've been a bickering married couple for five years now, seriously. <laughs> yes, we have. I can't believe we're still together. I thought for sure we would have been divorced by now. Oh, definitely. If this this was real if we actually like ever met in real life oh yeah we would have been divorced oh, long absolutely ago. It's, absolutely it, it's 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 this it's this long distance relationship that's kept <laughs> it going for this long this this is a, an explainer about why long distance relationships can work <laughs> and actually the fact that we got through uh 2017 and still stay together is is pretty phenomenal exactly i mean <laughs> i'm surprised our wives are still dealing with us at this point <laughs> yeah well you know they what are they gonna do they're gonna get any better honestly oh Wow, I'm. You better be happy, Jamie doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> you know, she listened when we first launched this, you know, podcast. She listened pretty religiously for like the first ten episodes, and then and then it. I don't think she's listened to one since. Oh, that's sweet because my wife has never listened to a single episode oh, of our show. Well, yeah, well, that's that's probably fortunate. Yeah, probably. Well, cool. Well, you know, in celebration of our five year anniversary here, Scott, we brought on the children, <laughs> the children, number three and number four, <laughs> to Squadcast Media. <laughs> well, as number three, it's uh, <laughs> nice to be here. You know, it's actually been quite a while since I've been been on the show, so it, it has it's been. nice to be back. Uh, yeah, but you were there like within two months, so you're not like a child. You're more like no, it, a, it, it was an uncle, <laughs> mistress, maybe. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> what was your first? What was your first episode, Brent? I can't remember. Was it ten or fifteen? Um, I, I give me a moment, Ray. You talk, and I can tell you. I remember the episode. It was the Legends crossover on Era. It was the it was the second Arrowverse crossover. That was back when we used to talk about a lot more TV because we didn't have another show. <laughs> and number four, how are you doing tonight? Uh, yeah, I was going to say I'm, I'm I'm the adopted child from 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 the urban landscape. Yes. <laughs> Hello. Well, I'm from an urban landscape too. So indeed, uh, yes, that is true. But uh, no, I'm 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 good. Uh, hey, you know what? I still have Funnel Fairy Butterbar to thank for oh, being yes. here. That's absolutely <laughs> I will, true. I will always remember that. That was. I, it's weird to think that I went from listening to you guys in a laundromat to actually like podcasting with you guys. So it is it's, it is a joy to to celebrate your nuptials on, on, <laughs> in, this, in this fifth year. Oh, oh that's ridiculous. Uh, by the way, and that's one of my favorite titles ever is Funnel Fairy Butterbar. I love it because we finally figured out what Alfred was saying. <laughs> I know. I, it helped me. I didn't know what he was saying. I had yeah. no idea. And, I, I, and I, I was one of those people that rewound that scene multiple times trying to figure out and I'm like I don't know what he's saying I have no yeah. idea so episode 15 with a published date of December 7th 2015 was my first appearance on what was then the Suicide okay. Squadcast talking about the BVS trailer review before Flash and Green Arrow get Vandal Savage as the title you put on there <laughs> <laughs> wow um, I like wow, the titles right. we do nowadays 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I have to agree. We, we've we've upped our title game. Yeah, the title game has definitely increased. Um, anyway, well, it's uh, you know, this is kind of a spur of the moment. We just decided to entice these two guys to stay on. We were kind of doing a dry run for something we're going to be doing Tuesday night, which uh, dun, dun, dun. should we reveal it? Uh, kind of have to at this. I point. know, right? Yeah, I guess we kind of have to. So we are going to broadcast live Tuesday night on YouTube. It's going to be a first for this network. So. Yeah. So head on over if you don't already subscribe to Squadcast Media on YouTube. I suggest you get on that. Yeah. Yes, indeed. So and it's it's not going to be you know a highly polished uh, you know performance by us, but we're we're gonna you know we've got some stuff we want to talk about Tuesday night, and uh, we're just going to get as many of the guys from Squadcast Media on as we can, and we're just going to just have a little bit of fun with it. So speak for yourself. I've got my dance routine like down. Like, yeah. I've been I've been I've been practicing for this. Uh, maybe you aren't going to be that polished, but I think the rest of us. Well, that like, that goes without saying. But it just also remember, this is a visual medium, so and we want to retain you know listeners. So just be careful about what you do. Well, that's that's that that just screws the whole <laughs> on everything. We're podcasters for a reason, Tim. Yes, that is true. That is true. Well, okay, guys. Before we get into tonight's discussion, let's talk about some of our standard announcements, guys. We have a bunch of other shows. We'd encourage you guys to go watch and listen to. Uh, watch in this case when we talk about Fans Without Borders, which is now posting always on YouTube or? For the foreseeable future, you know, we'll see what the feedback is like. But okay. so far, it's been it's been pretty good. People seem to be enjoying it. And we did just uh, earlier today post a YouTube-only Q&A that we did. So, okay. yes, go, go check it out. Very cool. And uh, by the way, uh, totally badass opening, Ray. I want to give you total credit for that. Oh, my God, it's amazing. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. I love you. it. Thank you, yes. I, I, I told I told Ray, you know, so we need to get one for DC Film Squadcast and then Squadcast Media as well. And I and I told him he will be compensated for it. So, <laughs> what are you talking about? I've been doing that. I've been doing that for years now with all the box. I can see all the boxes that I've been sending him, like building up collateral. Ah, ah. <laughs> oh, there it is. There it is. There it is. There it is. I've been waiting. Yep. I've been waiting for that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. You thought it was out of the goodness of his heart. No. No. no that's no, not that way no. with Scott. So, so, so when you so when you told me feel the burn recently that that. Was, it's with a price. Only the first. Yeah, we, <laughs> no, it's he's a Bernie fan. This it had nothing to do with that. Oh, no, that's that, no, that was a John Byrne Superman that I've been telling the man forever that he needs to read. Yes, yes indeed. Yes, yes, indeed. Well, no, I'm glad everybody liked the opening. I wasn't. It, it, I was telling Brent, it's one of those things where it's like you, you, you do it and you, you don't know if everybody's going to dig it or not. You know. Well, as soon as I saw it, I, I was like, oh, Brent's going to love this. Oh, that and he funny. didn't show. I did not see it ahead of time. I didn't see it. Until I hit play on the video on YouTube to actually watch it, it was just like jaw drop. Holy crap! I can't. This is amazing. Absolutely. Love it. Then I'm like texting it to my wife, showing it to some friends at work. I'm like, check this out. It's amazing. I at no. least had to. I at least had to change it from. Re- it was originally red. I changed it to blue. Okay. I didn't have to change the color. So. Well, it kind of goes with our network scheme. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit too much on the nose. Uh, it, 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 well, the way it was originally built, yes, it was very. <laughs> it was very on the nose. But yeah, no, very cool. So yeah, you guys got that show. Uh, we also talk about DC TV Squadcast. That's with you, Ray. What's happening with that? Uh, we're going retro, gentlemen, uh, because none of the new shows are coming back until 2021. So we're going to talk about some DC history. I just totally immersed myself in the Dozierverse this past weekend. I reviewed Batman 66 and uh, d- did a little special thing on Patreon for the Green Hornet. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're talking about we're celebrating the past of DC TV shows. And you gentlemen are welcome to join me for any of these shows. If, if there is one that I'm going to review that, you know, is in your wheelhouse, one that you have particular passion for, and I'm I'm doing animated as well, Scott. Um, I, <laughs> so, you know, I'm like, you don't think I'm going to be there?
there after I've like browbeated you for how long that you need to watch all the Bruce Tim Paul Dini stuff? I, I, I'm just saying. Well, I'm I'm gonna you know I, I'm going to review the Grail that is Batman the animated series. It's gonna happen. That will be an episode of DC TV at some part. But this will also give me an opportunity to finally watch Batman Beyond and Superman the animated Superman, series, the animated series, Static Shock, all all of those. So yes, oh, to not have kids again. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> you said it. I hear you. I know. No, I wouldn't yeah. change it. I wouldn't change anything for the world, but uh, I do have a, a little bit of jealousy there, Ray. So. <laughs> You're, it's not that you don't love your kids. You're just jealous of the the time. It's the time. Oh, back. absolutely. Yeah, it's absolutely. Uh, and then, of course, we have DC Comics Squadcast with Chris and Jordan. And um, and Chris's horror comic show, yeah. in addition to that, has joined. Uh, the, now, what is the title? Because I'm, I'm, I'm a bad squad father. I do not remember. It's called Horror Comics Podcast. Okay. Well, yeah. It is what it is. Yep. Yeah, this was one where... Um, kind of made an executive decision <laughs> just kind of like off the cuff I'm like Chris ran into some issues um, with where he had this thing housed before with his little pet project and I said no no just bring it into Squadcast Media we'll take care sure. of it so which is just basically our way of saying you, what what is yours is ours yes yes yeah <laughs> I didn't tell him that part though Scott <laughs> you tell him that it's just the reality of the situation <laughs> yeah absolutely so yeah and then there's a little surprise coming up soon which I haven't told anybody so we got something else coming at some point Ooh. yeah Oh. Yeah, it's then, uh, it's it's a very secretive around here. It's kind of like the Illuminati. I don't I, I don't know if number three and four know about this, so that'll be interesting. number two doesn't know either, so it's fine. Number two doesn't know about it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> the only All person right. who knows about it is number one. Who's five and six? Can we just get that established? <laughs> Chris, is it Chris and Jordan or Jordan and Chris? Just, it was Chris. Chris is number five, and Jordan was number six. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's, I needed to know. <laughs> we, we need to understand the pecking order in this network. <laughs> I'm number one. Scott's always, as always number two. So. That's just the way it goes. And then, of course, we know you guys are three and four. But, yeah, that's Scott, that was the order. Solid number two. Got it. a sol- he's a solid number two. <laughs> what can I say? And, of course, we want to take this opportunity to thank everyone who was able to contribute to the network at patreon.com slash media. We really do appreciate everyone who signs up. Guys, it really means something to us. And we want to say thank you with all the additional content that we provide, which does include Squadcast Media, where we review every comic book movie ever made. We finally dropped Constantine from 2005 and that oh, was a yes. fun one to record that yeah. was fun. and Rocketeer will be on its way eventually and we're already scheduling our recording sessions for Sin City and Batman Returns yeah so already it's got schedules ahead so yeah I'm gonna take care of um, the Rocketeer this week uh, get that uh, one out just I, seriously the, the, this sweet spot that we are in right now <laughs> gentlemen I mean I am going to enjoy this you're gonna enjoy it but oh. just just hold on because I am going to slip in one of these these movies that we kind of talked about adding to the schedule i'm gonna slip them in in between because i don't want you to get a little bit too spoiled here uh let's <laughs> let's put this let's put it this way we got you're making him wait for batman begins just a little bit longer. <laughs> that's that's mean if that's what he's doing that's mean uh, well no 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 well maybe possibly yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh. All right. possibly there there might be a little bit of red sonia coming in right before batman begins i don't know we'll see <sighs> okay okay make us wait for the holy grail All yep right. yep so <laughs> all right um yeah so that's what's coming up guys uh again thank you all for your support let's get on with this discussion tonight we are gonna uh conversate i would as i would like to say about this past week's news 
Yeah, because there's there's just been quite a bit, and it it's it's a lot more interesting when you have people to talk to about it. Let's just say, because you all you all know what happened last week. All kinds of things. All kinds of things. Yeah, and we unfortunately, because of our interview with Sean O'Connell last week, we did not have the opportunity to address, of course, the unfortunate events from a, a week ago with the passing of Chad Bozeman. And so we wanted to take an opportunity to express our feelings, our condolences, our and our shock about. His his, his very untimely death. Um, I remember Brent, I had gone see New Mutants and Brent texted it to us and he just put underneath it, this is not a, like, no joke or, like, Brent, you put something to basically say. I think I just said it's real. It's yeah. real, yeah. Which is about all I could compensate like comprehend like to type at the time because i was so in shock at it it was very shocking because i mean i, I don't think any of us had any clue whatsoever right i don't no. think anyone no, i think the point is no one did marvel it's come out since marvel did not know marvel did not about know. it no so like feige didn't know coogler didn't know like it was just it was his family and a couple other people like his agent knew but like a couple other people outside of his inner family circle there so like i mean how was he able to do all of these movies and not have that come out. I yeah. I don't know how he did it. Just incredible. well, and not just that, but also just his physical wherewithal to go through chemo and surgery and do all the movies he was doing mm-hmm. with with the Marvel movies with Twenty One Bridges, which is on Showtime right now. So I'm finally going to get a chance I to watch it. that. I liked it and uh, Defy Bloods, Defy, which Defy Bloods, Ray yeah. and I uh, reviewed for uh, Fans of the Boris Plus on Patreon. Which there's a scene in that movie that hits completely different now. Yep. That. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. It would, we, honestly, his whole character in that movie hits different now. It really mm-hmm. does, to be honest. Definitely. With you. And, and, you know, it, you, you talk about all the movies that he did while he was in the middle of battling this thing for four years. It's not just the movies he did. It's also what he had to do for them. I mean, how is it that this dude was able to physically ready his body to look like someone that is on Captain America's power set? Literally. Like, T'Challa, King of Wakanda, is on the Captain America level of power. He's got to look like that in the suit. The suit isn't padded right it was form-fitting for him and he's when he's doing the warrior fall stuff with winston duke and all and and uh michael jordan michael b jordan it's like how did seriously real life superhero real life superhero to be able to his entire mcu career was in the middle of stage four colon cancer that is insane civil war was probably shot before he got diagnosed because that would have been shot in 2015 but he definitely would have been promoting it probably pickups or reshoots and i'd say i have not I will be watching Infinity War soon because I'll, I have a series that I'm doing with Tim Rooney, and so I need to bring that one back up in the rotation soon. And th- there's a scene in there that I know is going to hit different. I know Civil War's got some stuff, but Infinity War, there's this part where he looks at Okoye and says, mm-hmm. this is no time to die, this is no way to die, and that is going to be very different feeling to me than than it has you know the other 20,000 times I've seen that movie. So I guess I didn't catch this detail. When he first got diagnosed, it, it wasn't called Stage 4 at that point, was it? He was stage three when he was diagnosed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Correct. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then numerous surgeries, chemo rounds, and it it just they didn't work, and it progressed to stage four. And I never saw a he was diagnosed with stage four on such and such date, so we don't know how long. So we're we're talking at a bare minimum, he did all of these movies with stage three colon cancer. It is unreal. I I had kind of two thoughts about this. Um, you know, we've talked about this many times uh, in terms of representation. You know, and I and I've and I've talked about this quite a bit in terms of representation in comic books. You know, when I was a kid, you know, there was no representation, you know, hardly any representation, uh, you know, for me and and certainly, you know, um, 
for people in the black community, like I, I kind of feel like that's the most devastating thing out of this for me is all these kids that had to be told the news that, you know, that he died, that Black Panther died. You know what I mean? The, the, you know, their their attachment to the cinematic universe. And that to me, that just like is so kind of devastating because I remember, the, and this is the other thing that I think is just is, is absolutely amazing, is when Chadwick was going to cancer wards in children's hospitals mm-hmm. and meeting with these kids when he was... And this is when he was well dealing with it at this point. And he was fighting this, you know, this terrible, you know, disease on his own. But yet he was still doing that with these children. And it's just like, it's, you know, it's just absolutely heartbreaking. I just, I, I couldn't get those two thoughts out of my head, you know, in trying to process this news. No, I'm I'm right there. As far as the representation, Tim, I'm right there with you. My mother and my sister texted me that night. And, you know, the way I found out about it was I happened to have my work computer up and one of our guys in the newsroom actually uh, emailed the article from the Detroit Free Press saying that it happened and then the first thing I did the first thing any of us did was verify it and sure enough his Twitter account had posted and everything was up there and it was real and we didn't want to believe it and you know if there's one comic book movie on this earth that I know my entire family has seen it's Black Panther and so when something like this happens it it, it is doubly devastating it, 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 more devastating than any other type of loss because of how important that film was I still remember how that was just you know speaking as a black man as a black person there was no such thing as not seeing that movie in the theater we had to it was our obligation we felt like that had to be done and we were all going to see it at some point and see it as many times as, as we could to support it and prove beyond the shadow of a doubt the stigma wrong that a movie like that couldn't succeed and it most certainly did and that is something that will never be erased and that is something that will never be taken away and he made that possible and that is the one thing that we can take from this is that that legacy that he built in a short time and not just only with that movie but he played James Brown he played Jackie Robinson Robinson. he played Thurgood Marshall uh, and and I still need to see all of those but just to be able to to have that much of a mark in the short time that he was here 10-12 years of his career and playing those types of characters that strongly is just it's it's an un- it's an incredible legacy, and it- I'm grateful that we had it for the short time that he was here. And I'm it's it- at the very least we have that going forward. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we just wanted to take that opportunity since we we didn't really have yeah. that opportunity last week to to bring it up, just because I mean it it's not quote DC news, but it's still he was a person, and it's and it's shocking to all of us that someone who we've seen his movies that that the, would happen it sucks. I mean, let's yeah. just, just be honest. There, there, there are no there are no label boundaries with that one, guys. No. Everybody on both, everybody on all sides, w- regardless of what label they were on, were sad and, yep. and are still and are still hurting as a re- as a result Absolutely. of that for sure. Yeah. Well, uh, so moving on to some news here, it looks like DC Comics is getting a brand new executive that's going to be replacing Dan DiDio, and the executive is named Daniel Cherry, who is going to be the new general manager for DC. I guess is it DC Entertainment? No, it's just DC. Just DC. Okay. Because they've stripped the entertainment name away, and it's interesting because well, you say he's replacing. DiDio. Dio, but it's a it's a newly formed position that we learned about like two or three weeks ago with that Jim Lee interview pre fandom with the Hollywood Reporter, right? Because we've never had a general manager for DC before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I guess it was the Dio was kind of doing the he was doing the most general manager type of role, I guess. But mm-hmm. this is a this is distinctly a, 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 a definitely a much more unique um, definition about what this role is going to be. But Daniel Cherry comes from Activision. <laughs> yeah, and it's. Specific- 
specifically the esports division yeah. of Activision. Now, Ray, I'm glad you're here because when it comes to Activision, I mean, I know the name. I mean, it's a it's a video game company that I'm very aware of. But if I was going to like make the connection like with the esports division of Activision, what games am I talking? Call about? of Duty. Okay. <laughs> Call of Duty. That's 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 really. I mean, it, there there are others, obviously, but that's the big one. That's the big franchise right there. And 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 that that type of online multiplayer esports gaming is what we're talking about. It's not really sports. I mean, sports is another aspect of e-gaming, but no, Call of Duty, first-person shooters. Okay, okay, cool. Because I never would have. When I saw esports, I thought we were talking about like sports games. Like I didn't know we were talking about Call of Duty because it's like I wouldn't call that a sports game. No, well, esports goes. I mean, yes, of course, you, you do have Madden, you've got NHL, you've got NBA, and all that. Yes, but there's definitely. Oh yeah, but there's definitely you know shooting games in first-person shooters. You know, whether it's Call of Duty or Battlefront or like Medal of Honor or stuff like that. Yeah, like that's there are there is e-gaming for that absolutely no question and there and there and there are leagues that deal with that as well so okay you know what's crazy to me is like activision every time i hear the name activision i, I go back to my childhood because the first video game i ever played uh at home was pitfall which was uh, an <laughs> oh activision my god game. really <laughs> yes <laughs> all right there wow, we go. We're, go- we're kicking it old school yeah, oh, so yeah. there's a blast you, you just happen to be you just happen to say that amongst the three guys in our network that know what that is <laughs> yes i know i know i suddenly feel like we're in a chapter of ready player one or something to uh, get that reference yeah, n- numbers five and six are too young they don't get it oh no they don't they have no yeah. idea what we're talking five about and right six. now five and six don't have a clue but no i, I mean- might but six definitely won't <laughs> I love this. I love the fact that we're using <laughs> numbers to refer to each other now. <laughs> Ooh, Activision also had Blizzard. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. Yes, so, that's true. That is true. So, and, you know, what I'm, I'm thinking about now is the death and return of Superman for the Super Nintendo. Yep, yep. And the, they've been, Activision was behind several Spider-Man games and... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a Well, it, and, and of course, you, you say Blizzard, first thing comes to mind, World of Warcraft, which I never played because I'm, I'm, I'm not a PC gamer myself, but yeah, that's Activision Blizzard is... is is definitely a pairing that that you hear so yeah yeah so so daniel cherry is coming from that kind of pedigree of being the chief marketing officer from from there and now as he becomes this general manager for dc he uh, his he will head up business affairs editorial talent services marketing sales brand and direct consumer he will also o- oversee business development with the vp of strategy finance and administration so we're basically talking about a guy who's basically taking over what I would deem the day-to-day operations of DC. That's that's how I translate that. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's going to be it's going to be so interesting to kind of really see, you know, what does this really signify? What kind of changes are we really going to see because I mean, it it really feels like it's going to be less about, you know, the creative side in terms of what he has to worry about and his is just his role is going to be more just like getting all this stuff out there, getting this thing to run efficiently and I kind of feel like that that was a little bit of the struggle that you know you had with the way it was organized with the deal and and you know Jim Lee. You didn't really have that that person that was just kind of like running that business you know full time. And so that's to me that that's going to be real interesting to see you know what they're actually going to do. Like is is there some other domino that's going to fall here in terms of how uh, DC Comics is going to be run? Yeah, because this this Hollywood Reporter article that I was reading talks about how this frees up Jim Lee, who of course his job titles currently are chief creative officer and publisher that to expand his responsibilities to basically brand management. And of course, that's a very 
wishy-washy general term, but basically it means I feel like he becomes that ambassador role and probably working more with like Keelar and talking to the parent companies while Cherry gets to make the train the trains run on time. All right. Uh, I think that's a very apt way of putting it, and I think that's exactly the structure that they're going for. And it it, it really just signifies further evolution out of an older way of doing business into the new way, the the modern way of doing business. The idea of not necessarily having a CCO anymore, but having a general manager, because the bottom line is the bottom line. You yeah. know, getting the getting the daily operations rolling and getting into a rhythm as far as how you're proceeding with respect to you know making the trains run on time. That was a very it's a very apt analogy. Yeah. I kind of look at it this way too. You know, when you when you have a guy that was kind of like grown up in the business, you know, there's going to be that that mentality of like, oh, you know, we we put out printed books. You know that kind of thing, or maybe now we put out digital books. You know, and, and I kind of feel like that's the the narrow thinking that you would have somebody that kind of grew up in this industry. When you bring in somebody that's an outsider like this, you have no idea what's going to happen. Like, you know, it may be a a, a much bigger idea about what they're going to be doing with uh, DC Comics in general. And uh, to me, that that part is kind of exciting because I mean, I've always said, you know, get get the stuff out there as much as you can, and and it'll be interesting if we start seeing comics being pushed in so many uh, different areas than we've seen in the past. Well, I'm looking at his previous responsibilities at his former positions. And so at Activision, it says he oversaw global business. That that definitely ties into something Keylar has been talking about with the restructuring over at Warner Media, Brand and gaming content portfolio. And then it says that he, he was kind of in the forefront of games as spectator sports. And then before that, apparently he was a marketing officer for the New Jersey Devils NHL franchise. He did marketing and advertising at spirits companies so i mean this guy is a marketing guy like that that's his that is his cv so he's they're definitely going for a certain kind of guy <laughs> like this is what we need you to do oh, and, and i think it's very clear that that kalar knows what he's looking for and that this is part of the the new direction with respect to where all of that is headed and yeah it's 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 a new day gentlemen it is it's a- well i think one of the biggest keys there is is really talking about how the the really the global business focus because I, I keep going back to like some of the stuff that we heard from DC Fandom about and you know and actually and Keeler's made comments as well but really just trying to um, take some of these properties and try to tell them in in ways that really kind of speak to certain markets around the globe and and try to you know develop stories that are, are really kind of geared around certain markets you know uh, like especially when we talk about like superheroes that kind of thing like things that would fit into like say Asia or something that's kind of like homegrown out of those regions I, I think that's really uh, interesting to me that you know maybe this will be part of it is like you know let's just make sure we're taking advantage and, and doing everything we can to kind of spread this IP globally as much as possible because really that's going to be the key to to you know maximize as much you know profitability as they can get uh, from DC Comics. Very interested to see. Like, I mean, I don't know how much his title has to do with any of the gaming stuff that we saw at Fandom. I'm not sure about that, but that that that, that will be intriguing. See if he has any input at all in like you know what they do with Gotham Knights and what they do with Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League because he's got to have some insight on that. You would think, at least from a marketing standpoint. Sure. Well, and that would be kind of a good time to kind of talk about. Uh, it sounds like you know AT 
AT&T is no longer interested in, in selling off their gaming division. I think that's smart, personally. I, I do, too. I, I mean, reading the article, it's you get the sense that my initial gut reaction to that was the powers that be saw how Gotham Knights and Suicide Squad killed the Justice League played a fandom and was like, yeah, let's not sell off the thing that we actually own that does this. I mean, granted, Justice uh, killed the Justice League is from Rocksteady, but Gotham Knights landed really well. Really well. At, at fandom. I mean, Brent, I mean, even you were sitting there going, oh, I, I want that. Yeah, oh yeah. No, I'm getting it, for sure. There's no way I'm going to miss out on those nights when we're all playing together. And and and, and which character are you going to be again? We're going to we're going to we're going to stake that out now. Who who's who? I mean, I will be anybody to be clear, but obviously Tim Drake is the best character in that game. So yeah, number that's, 3. That will be my first choice. I will be Red Hood. So I'm calling Red Hood right I, now. I, 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 I don't I didn't hear Dick Grayson, so no, I didn't hear the best character <laughs> in the game. So <laughs> there you go. That makes Tim Perfect. that makes Tim Barbara. Tim is Barbara Tim's, and everybody Tim and Barbara. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> she looked pretty badass, so I'll, I'll take it. No, she was very badass. Oh, she was she was fantastic. I loved her on that bike. It yeah. was great. No, the four of us, we're definitely doing it <laughs> when that thing comes uh, out. Yeah. But I think that's one of the things that I kind of find interesting, too. Like, it, it always seemed kind of strange to me that they would have wanted to get rid of that division. Because if you really kind of think about it, like, what do, what do youth play today? I mean, like, when we were kids. Youth? We didn't, yeah. <laughs> When we were kids, the youngins, the youngins. When we were kids, and especially me, you know, I'm older than you guys. Uh, you know, there wasn't like the the thing I spent my time doing was like reading comics because there wasn't like you know uh, there wasn't like a ton of video game systems out there. I mean, I didn't even get that until I was in my teens, right? So hey, you already told us you spent your time playing Pitfall, and I, I got to assume Kaboom, <laughs> when I was twelve, Pac Man, oh yeah, <laughs> Burger Time, yeah, all those, <laughs> of course, Burger Time, <laughs> Burger Time, yeah, all that paper stuff. Boy, <laughs> get some Paper Boy in there. Uh, that was a little uh, bit yeah. older. That's that's older. No, but. I mean, so that's the thing. Like, um, you look at you look at kids today. You know, uh, like all your time is going to be spent playing video games. It's like that's where you want to be. Like that's where you want to get your all your IP out there. So, uh, so I'm glad they kind of still have their fingers in it uh, at this point. I, I think it's smart. So I, I hope that's what it means. The fact that they're not wanting to sell it at this point. And talk about a market that when we talk about this global outreach direct consumer video games is like th- there doesn't seem to be as many boundaries when it comes to that no. as it. seems to come to everything else we talk about like with streaming and print and everything else like video games seem to have an easier time transcending those boundaries well like what kind of boundaries in particular do you do you mean like hbo max is we have it but you can't get it in other countries oh right oh yeah okay worldwide distribution of the product he's you're right scott like you never hear about oh my country doesn't have access i mean i'm sure there are individual cases but in general we don't have people from europe telling us oh we wish we could play that game but it's not here i know there's some stuff i know like especially with like nintendo and japan that there's some stuff that is really just over there and not here and every now and then you do hear of those like getting those imports or whatever but in general there is far fewer of those issues at least as an outside observer to that industry than what we come across with like streaming and movies and stuff that you know what i think a big part of that is guys i think it's because the the landscape of video games has really for at least at least the last 20 30 years has always been international i mean when you look at sony when you look at Nintendo, those didn't start here. Microsoft did. So there's always been an international presence for gaming, at least when we're talking about consoles. And then when you're talking about tech in general, I mean, no, there, there there's no 
there's no question. We we don't. The United States doesn't necessarily own a monopoly on any of that. The the way that they would with these streamers, you know, the way that they would with a Netflix or an HBO Max or any of the big studios that are getting into streaming now. Those are all based here, but everything else, like as far as video gaming is concerned, it's always transcended the boundaries just in terms of the shape and structure of the industry itself. So yeah. and then that way, having the that sort of ambassadorship for the IP to get those characters out there, get those concepts out there. I mean, let's talk about the fact that how many people, like with Gotham Knights, is that going to be their first introduction to the Court of Owls? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, if, Far if more I than the comics. If, if I don't read it first, then yes. I was about it, to say, it'll, Ray, I'm it'll looking be at you right now. <laughs> I mean, technically, he watched them on Gotham. But yeah. yeah. Oh, we don't... Who really watched well, that? Well, that though? wasn't really... Well, because that wasn't really... That was really Tetch's season. That wasn't their season. That was that was really his, so... But, but once again, I went to... I, it's the reason why I, when I saw that story from Bloomberg saying AT&T not getting rid of Warner Brothers games, it was like, good. Yeah. Well, well it, it, when I saw the story that they were even talking about doing it, that never made sense to me. It's like, your competitors... Like, video games aren't going anywhere. If anything, they're getting bigger. Are You know that we're... However, when Sony and Microsoft stop playing this game of chicken on in terms of when they're going to release the PS5 or the Series X, everybody's going to buy it. You still can't get a Nintendo Switch, right? It's not like video games are going anywhere that is a viable market still and it's going to get an even going to become even more viable in the digital world so yeah. that would have been a gross mistake i think had, had they decided to sell that yeah well so i think it's safe to say we're all looking forward to that from this division uh let's move on to some of the news that got us so excited a couple of weeks ago but uh we've recently heard that the batman has resumed filming only to have some pretty unfortunate news happen almost immediately <laughs> you mean the batman having covid the batman having covid and so we're talking about robert pattinson and it wasn't revealed and i think it actually was it variety variety started it, but it was yeah. they, it, it was or was it hollywood reporter one of those two first put out the story early that morning that it was a crew member yeah crew member that got it and then hours later it was identified as robert pattinson <laughs> i think variety was the one who bro- i saw variety break that pattinson was that's the what i thought it. i saw too yeah. okay yeah all right but they also screwed up and thought that production had continued without pattinson and then that turned out to be misreporting from i think the daily mail mm-hmm. and no production has ceased mm-hmm. like they, they they have they have shut down production again while pattinson is quarantined yeah why why is any why are any of the trades using the daily mail as a source <laughs> why? why why is that a thing like seriously and, and that was you know that was one of those moments guys where seriously it's like we always talk about who the hierarchy of trust when it comes to any type of news or reports that we get and we always put the three trades at the top Hollywood Reporter Deadline and Variety and that was one of those moments where they dropped the ball and it's like okay well now who the hell do we trust <laughs> like yeah. seriously like what are we doing and that, that's how I felt that day that's absolutely how I felt that day is like who who can we because that was a retract you don't just don't see them post retractions like that and it was just like okay well because they usually don't whatever. make those kinds of mistakes yeah no Why? they don't yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's it was yeah it was confusing I, I mentioned it on fans it's like I did not know what to believe because I saw so many conflicting reports we're filming without him we're filming other stuff all production has stopped and I mean it was confusing it, it is weird normally those trades are more aligned they may not all drop their stories at the same time but one of them gets a big scoop the other ones run their same articles within an hour and this one just they were not on the same page well what 
got me was that when they printed the retraction tweet, no one bothered to delete the original tweet because the original tweet was still getting shared. It's like someone should have gone into Variety's Twitter feed and deleted the original tweet so it didn't keep on getting shared all day. I, I, I ran into that myself, Scott, because I quote tweeted it and was explaining to people like the, the, the lie. Like when I thought that production was still continuing and people were freaking out that Pattinson had st- or, or that it had stopped production, I was saying, no, they're just filming things that don't involve him. You're right. That tweet didn't get deleted. It was still there, right? Like the, the, the tweet that I quoted from Hollywood Reporter was still there. Like it's, it's probably still there now. I don't think it has it been deleted since. It's a misinformation. It's a misinforming tweet. It's a lie. <laughs> so I mean, I, I think there's something to be said about not deleting tweets, you know? No, I agree. I, yeah. I understand the principle of it. it. It's like when you have to print a retraction. Well, that means you still need the thing that you're retracting. That's true. To yeah. be on record. Yeah. That, that, that is true. That That is a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it'd be nice if Twitter would just allow them, like, you know, this is something Twitter's going to have to figure out. But like, I know we don't edit buttons on Twitter and I understand why, but like, it would be nice to have like something that like, if you, if you have a, a second message that you need to add to a previous tweet to augment it and say, yeah, by the way, this re- initial report was wrong. You know, it'd be nice if like that could be pointed out because as you said, like people are sharing it and, uh, yeah, but I, I think Twitter's different. They should be, they should delete it. I think you leave the original on the website. You put the update on the website, the retraction on the website, but Twitter, people are sharing it. But if they cut, if they delete the tweet, all you see when someone shares that is content's not available anymore. So it still stops the misinformation from going around. But that's what I'm saying. You could still have the information there. Just like have something like change the color of the background of the tweet or something like Twitter can do something that says, Hey, by the way, this original tweet so, has some, some additional, type of warning or a flag or something some additional like information you, you need to be yeah. aware of, you know, that kind of thing. Like, so. ha- have, like have the Star Trek red alert, you know, come up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some, something like that. Yeah. No, I, I'd be down for that. Yeah. So, and if that wasn't bad enough, we come to find out that actually Dwayne Johnson and his, I guess his entire family, his entire whole, family, whole his family. wife, his kids, yep. Yep. everyone tested positive. Now, one thing that I will say for Dwayne Johnson is he posted like 10 minute video on Instagram that I really appreciated because he, 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 he talked very reasonably. One, it was nice to see him being, he, he, he sounded tired, but help, but, but, you know, on the men from it, but he spoke very calmly and reasonably about the whole situation. And it was, I appreciated his presentation of the information and the sort of general advice he gave going forward based on his experience. Right. And, you know, it was like, focus on your wellness, be healthy, be careful who you invite into your home, wear your mask. Like it was like all the things, it was like all these things. And it was just a very, I, I don't know, I guess this calm and reassuring, like these are the steps you can take. The, and it almost sounded like he was saying, here's probably some steps. Here's some steps that probably helped us heal faster, but also things we probably did that caused us to be exposed in the first place. Yeah. It, and I felt like that was a pre- that was appreciated from my standpoint. I appreciate it as well. And, and I think what I liked about it the most is the fact that, you know, he's a guy that obviously has a ton of people that follow him. And and I'm glad to see that he took advantage of that and, and use it as an opportunity to kind of like, you know, speak some of these things out there that people need to hear, you know? So it was, it, so I, from that standpoint, I thought it was great. And I think that's why he did it because he understands the, the audience that he commands. And also, you know, the man is not out of shape. <laughs> so t- when you hear that someone like him, because that's, that's the big thing about COVID, right? Is it, it, it the pre-existing conditions and the unhealthy or who it preys yeah. upon? Well, when you see a, a healthy, a, a very healthy individual like The Rock get it, well, you do need that reassurance because at that point, 
point, your world might be shattered. If you're somebody that actually believed, and there are plenty of people out there that believe that only the sick and the old get COVID, when you see someone healthy like him get it, your world could legitimately be shattered. And it's, he took his respo the responsibility up of saying, hey, no, my world isn't shattered. Here's what I did. It can help you too. Yep. You know, as far as, and that's kind of the big thing. I mean, yes, of course, wearing a mask, being sanitary, social distancing, all that is very important, but personal health, people, personal health absolutely will help you beat this thing and, and steer clear of it. And that's something that we do not hear enough of yeah. with respect to the message in terms of battling this thing. Yep, absolutely. But what the hell, guys? We live in a world where Batman and Black Adam both have COVID. Screw 2020. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Oh. I haven't even started filming that movie yet. Yeah. The asteroid can hit us at any time right now. <laughs> oh, good grief. Isn't that, isn't that that Gerard Butler movie that's coming out? Like, it's gonna, it's apparently gonna happen. If not, if not in real life in the movie theater. Just, you know. Do we need a disaster movie? 2020 is a disaster movie. I was gonna say, we, yeah. we, we stop calling them disaster movies. Call them 2020 movies. <laughs> 2020 That's what they are. They're all, they're all 2020 movies from now on. The Towering Inferno is a 2020 movie. Oh, man. Day After Tomorrow is a 2020 movie. It is amazing. It's, you know, it's this whole year. I, I just, honestly, I can't wait to get through it because I want to be able to look back at this thing and say, we got past it. I, 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 I hope so. It, yeah, I, I can't wait for that too because right now I'm beginning to think the Mayans meant this year, not 2012. <laughs> they, they, they missed up on the numbers right. a little bit. Right. off by carry the one. <laughs> right. oh, that's awesome that's awesome well before we go ahead and close out this episode uh, I mean obviously this is something um, that we are going to talk about more on Tuesday night but um, Ray Fisher you know of course who plays Cyborg in Justice League uh, really came out with some really surprising words this past week and uh, and Warner Brothers responded and Warner Brothers responded yeah and then Ray Fisher I think I think the thing that got me was the back and forth it the thing is is that Ray Fisher has been doing what he's been doing. And I feel like we got some context from what happened this weekend of he's basically made it known. I will speak up when the wheels need to keep on turning. And that's what he did Friday is he spoke up. He didn't name Hamada, but he indicated Hamada saying that Hamada basically talked to him and said in Ray's words on his tweet, we'll throw Whedon and Berg under the bus, but can we lay off Jeff Johns. That was that was basically the tweet. And that was what about like of course I'm talking in central time, probably what one, two in the afternoon. It was, it was about one or two in the afternoon Eastern time, yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that and that was kind of a big shock to all of us because it was like, dang, Hamada one was the idea that Hamada is playing a part in this like that. And that we see who the sacrificial lambs are and who they're trying to circle the wagons around. It, 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 the tweet legitimately confused me at first. In fact, I had to get, I think Krypton Cage and a couple, and Garza, a couple of others, like, corrected me, because I didn't think he was talking about the current DC president, because that's how he named it. He said the, pre the president of DC, like, of DC Films. Oh, I jumped in there, I jumped in there too, because I, because I said, read the tweet, it says, after speaking out. Right, and that, that was the part that I missed, that when I initially read it, because I'm thinking back to 2017, and then I had to realize, no, he just recently started speaking out. Oh, great, he's talking about the current 
head of DC Films who seemed to be playing nice in that Multiverse 101 panel. I guess not so much. Yeah, well, it is what it is. I I don't know. I, I don't know, uh, Brent. Like, I, as as far as like how how did how did you parse all of that? Well, at first I was confused about who he was speaking to because or speaking about because I didn't think it was going to be Hamada, and then it's like, well, wait. After talking about the Justice League, so it's like you do start to connect the dots and realize, and then it's like, why didn't he just name him? He just, he had no problem naming Whedon and Berg and Johns. Like, why didn't he just flat out say, like, why refer to him as president of DC Films, which is true, instead of just saying Walter Hamada? Like, I I feel like that's intentional. I'm just curious as to the why. Like, I, I can't wrap my head around what the difference is. It's almost like he was playing a little. He was not playing nice, but it was like, oh, like the fact that like the like the two of you are like confused by it. I almost feel like that's kind of the, he just didn't name drop him. He he, he let it kind of be slightly ambiguous. I mean, to c- anybody that f- is following this story, anyone that follows Ray Fisher on social media and is aware, even vaguely aware of this story, probably also knows who the head of DC Films is right now. And so I don't feel like it's hi- hiding it, but I just, you know, of all the questions we could, if we had the chance to speak with Ray Fisher about, like one of the questions somewhere in there I would want to ask him is, why didn't you just name him up front? Because later in his Instagram live video, he had no problem saying his name. So it's not like he's shying away from it. But that was after the article. It was, after, it, it was yeah. after the Warner Brothers statement. Yeah. That's very true. But I mean, I kind of took it as a reason he didn't really drop his name. is, And I think it's just trying to, to give at least a certain level of respect. Okay. To the to the position. And I don't mean to make it sound like I'm criticizing the decision. I just don't understand the decision. Whereas I I get so much else of what he's doing. Yeah. I mean, I, I this is the this is my take on it. I, I kind of feel like you know I kind of feel like Ray was really taken aback because he wasn't quite expecting that kind of conversation with Walter Hamada. You know, I and and I think once Ray kind of realized that like what Walter's trying to do is like you know he's apparently wanting to throw to quote what Ray said uh, to throw John Berg and Joss Whedon under the bus, basically to protect, you know, Jeff Johns. I, I think Ray was understanding, like, yeah, I understand why they're trying to do it, because they've got all these business ties uh, to Jeff Johns. And quite honestly, we've said this before, you know, we have a ton of issues with how everything went down with Jeff Johns and DC Films and everything that happened there. Uh, it was, it's a complete mess, and he, he really screwed things up. Uh, but when it comes to what he's, you know, the contributions that Jeff Johns has made uh, to the the intellectual property on the, in the DC comic side, uh, you you can't sit there and ignore that. Like he's had tremendous influence um, on that side of things. So I I think uh, to me I think that was kind of like Ray's way of ultimately saying, Hey Walter, I see I know what you're trying to do, but like you've got to take this more seriously. And and I think that was like his initial tweet was kind of like a polite way of calling him out, but not like fully putting a spotlight on him. And then of course at like ten o'clock on a Friday night, going into a three day week. Weekend, Warner Brothers drops a press release that I mean the first time I saw it was the rap like it was like the rap then it was Variety and Hollywood Reporter that really leveled an accusation that well we took basically my gist and I I am boiling down this press release is basically saying well we listened to Mr. Fisher we have instigated the the investigation that he requested but now he's not cooperating with that investigation which really paints Fisher in a terrible light, the way that press release was worded. Yeah, and and the the thing about that, I uh, the way I kind of attributed this when we were kind of talking amongst ourselves here was like that was like what you call like a Friday night news dump. That was 
like kind of a way of Warner Brothers uh, trying to say, okay, look, we tried, but he wasn't cooperative. And they, they sent that message out leading into this big holiday weekend. The thing is where they really underestimated uh, is just how quick Ray was able to come back and turn a narrative back against them. Because Ray, of course, dropped you know a screenshot showing that, yeah, he had had a conversation and he had dropped off the conversation with the investigators because it was apparently not uh, this third party independent investigation that was kind of like promised. It seemed like it was it was still coming from Warner Brothers side of things. Not Warner Media. Yeah, not Warner Media, Warner Brothers. And we've explained this all before. Warner Brothers and Warner Media. Um, so Warner Brothers is still a separate entity of Warner Media Entertainment. And it falls underneath the umbrella of Warner Media Entertainment. But like if it's if everything was kind of being handled at Warner Brothers Pictures, that wasn't what was what it was kind of being sold as that it was going to be this this uh, third party investigation. And so that's why Ray had backed off. Well, I, and he had said that he was under the impression it was going to be a Warner Media led investigation. And that's right. not what Warner Brothers has indicated at all. It's not what he's saying that the investigator that called him was from Warner Brothers, and not from Warner Media. And he needed to vet that further, which is why he cut the conversation short. Yeah. And, you know, and that's when he involved. That's when he invoked SAG-AFTRA. Yeah. And, and, and now, now you're talking about getting the actors union involved in this and, and, and other third and other parties. So that's where this really starts to get more complicated. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, like I said, we're going to talk about this more on Tuesday night. Uh, but there's, because there's a lot there's going a lot. on and we want to devote, you know, I even suggested we need to devote an entire episode just to this situation to really, cause there, there are, there's subtleties and really, I mean, there, cause there's so many different voices right now, you know, people have their opinions. People are forming their opinions about the situation. And I felt like there's subtleties that re- we as a network need to break down, especially to understand wh- where we're coming from, what what we're hearing, what we're seeing, and why do we fall where we fall? Right. Yeah. So that's the problem. This is not a quick conversation. So but we wanted to kind of touch on it tonight, uh, but we're going to talk uh, more in length uh, with our live show Tuesday night. So hope you guys can look for Squadcast Media over on YouTube and, and go ahead and subscribe and uh, you know, I guess we'll be talking about this more Tuesday night. That's the plan. All right, everybody. So that's going to do it for this week's podcast. We want to thank you so much for listening. Uh, it's been a lot of fun here on our fifth anniversary with the kids. <laughs> number three. <laughs> thing number three and thing number four. I, I was literally just about to say that. Th- thing three <laughs> and thing four. <laughs> And you know, parents always have a favorite kid, but you know, you don't speak of it, you know, publicly. So that's all right. <laughs> yeah. So when's the favorite kid going to be on the show, though? Exactly. Yeah. That, that'll be <laughs> hopefully, hopefully yeah. Tuesday night. <laughs> saw, yeah. saw that one coming. <laughs> Oh, guys, we'd love to hear from you. Please reach out to us. You can contact our show at DC Film Squadcast on Twitter. You can contact me on Twitter at Alan Fire. You can find me on Twitter at ScottDC27. Of course, you can email this show at DCFilmSquadcast at gmail.com. Boys, where can they find you? I'm on Twitter at Brintac Prime and, of course, co-hosting Fans Without Borders with Ray. And I am on Twitter at The Flightcast uh, and Borderless Fans, our show, Fans Without Borders. At the Borderless Fans is the Twitter account that you can find our show at. Nice. Guys, we all... Uh, all four of us, we love interacting with you guys, uh, especially Ray. We know you love interacting with fans. <laughs> <laughs> so please do not hesitate to reach out. 
<laughs> oh, if you could see what I see right now, I'm not uh, entirely. I'm not entirely certain. I'm, I'm not entirely certain what uh, what you're getting at. There. <laughs> I, oh, I every all the listeners do. The absolutely. listeners absolutely know. Uh, guys, you can find us on Vero. You can find us on Facebook. We have a website, squadcastmedia.com. You could also find us uh, on YouTube at Squadcast Media. And of course, once again, thank you to all the patrons out there at Patreon.com/squadcastmedia. Remember, it is five dollars a month to get you access to the exclusive RSS feed. Go out there, check out our review of Constantine Rocketeer coming soon so much good stuff i even have a tenant review on there for anyone who's seen tenant so you can go check that out too all right well that's it for this week guys thanks to all of our listeners and we would encourage you to go out there and keep reading some dc bye guys get the joke about why you like to interact with fans. I, I, I just I don't understand. It seems so obvious to me. I, I, Sometimes I, I, the obvious joke is the funny joke, Ray. I, I, I still don't understand. I, I, I'm, I'm the kindest, quietest, most reserved person on Twitter. I, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. I, I, I don't argue or engage with anyone whatsoever. Son, I don't think you quite understand what's going on here. Son, we're not going to put up with this. <laughs> this, is, this is the biggest line of bullcrap I've heard in the last five years. Uh, y- you mean since physics? Fair that enough. Is, that is <laughs> that that is true. <laughs> you know what? This is for you. Quote tweet this. Ah! All right. Ready? Welcome to DC Film... <sighs> <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to hurry up and just get going to shut you guys up. <laughs> hey, it's the five year anniversary like this week of when the first episode dropped. Yeah, you're right. It was nine nine. Was it nine nine? I thought it was nine seven. It's nine nine, I think. How do you not so, remember our anniversary, Scott? It's it's We've been together the day five bef- years. It's check, either the check. day before or after Star Trek Day. And I can't remember <laughs> I can't remember what day we released it because it wasn't like a normal we like released it as soon as we were ready to go, which would have been Exactly. Let's see. Um, just I'm gonna have to look this up because we have to celebrate. Yeah, I so, guess so. And we get it with Brit and Ray. What can what can yeah. we say? Number three and number four. Hello, number three. <laughs> Hello, number four. It's <laughs> funny. I always like being the third player in video. <laughs> yep. Uh, I'm, I'm claiming the number one spot since I reached out to Scott. So that's fine. I'm that's number fine. one. Scott's always number two in my book. So I will tell you the published. Sh- oh, I was right. September seventh. September seventh. According to boom. <laughs> I do know our anniversary. You're the one no, sleeping on the couch. It was. I don't. Think, <laughs> I don't think it was published on the seventh. Like, well, you may have done it when like the time changed. Hold on a second, because like, you know it changes at like nine central or, or nine eight central. I don't know. Whatever time lives and rolls over to the next day. Okay, not that I'm doubting you, but I'm doubting you. So I'm going to <laughs> fuck you seriously. Now where are you going? Because we're I it's right I, there. I am September seventh, two thousand fifteen. I embedded it. I embedded it right on our birthday for squad for um, DC Film Squadcast, which is September 9th. You got to remember, Lipson. It's whatever date I may have uploaded it, but I didn't. That's true. It I is the day you it. hit publish in Lipson. I didn't. It may not be the day you because because we st- 
still, I had it uploaded, had it ready to go. I'm like, well, how do we do this? What do we do? You know, like uh, we're still trying to figure things out. So, so screw you, number two. I, I I'm screw right. you, number one. I, I'm going <laughs> to say that we're both right because that's the only that's the only thing. I, like, I can't go back to iTunes five years. Well, iTunes is going to show the published date as as what Libsyn has. I know, but I can you can look and show when we first publicized it on Twitter, and it was the ninth. But that's fine. Yeah, it's like technically tomorrow's fans episode is published in Libsyn. Yeah. It's live. If you know the URL, you can get it. Yeah. But the show itself isn't really out yet until the Squarespace was sort of like that. Yeah. 